0: Insane not or. episode 217 of Cincinnati the Bengals UK podcast my name's Paul Hirons welcome along what a week it's been what a week what a week plenty of stuff happening plenty of stuff has happened plenty of stuff to talk about and it's only the second week of camp what is going on I ask you Nathan Palmer
1: how are you doing, my son? There's live football back this week. The Bengals are playing next week. It's just starting to creep ever closer to having some real football on our hands, isn't it? And I, I can't wait for it. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, it's the Hall of Fame game. We're recording this on Monday, the 31st of July. The Hall of Fame game um, at the end of this week or soon, soon, isn't it? I think it's next. Yep. I, I don't even know. <laughs> it is, But it's soon, isn't it? It's really soon.
1: Yeah, this week, I believe. It is.
0: And, of course, next weekend, uh, or this coming weekend, what is wrong with me? I'm completely all over the shop with my dates. And also, I've just listened. I've just been driving from London back home and listened to the cricket on the way back home. What a treat that is. So my my brain is still buzzing with Baz Ball. And if you're an American listener, do uh, do Google Baz Ball if you want a full explanation. Anyway, right, um... So football is just around the corner. Uh, it's the Hall of Fame induction this weekend and the Bengals have a player going in and that player is, of course, the late, great Ken Riley. I'm very delighted to say that Ken's son, also named Ken, you know him uh, as well as I do, Ken Riley the second II, uh, is, is going to be coming up a bit later to talk about the weekend, talk about this whole kind of whirlwind uh, since it was announced that Ken was going to be inducted, so catch, um, catch Ken a bit later on. Of course, he's been on before, so it's great to welcome him back. But of course, Nathan, all eyes are on the Bengals at the moment, as we know. All eyes are on number nine, but not in the way that perhaps we would have imagined.
1: No, it's really frustrating, isn't it? Because you've had everything that's gone on in the last two seasons. The rehab from the knee injury two years ago, the appendix injury, and everyone was excited for good old Joe Boyds have a nice camp, you know, get that get that arm going, get a bit of synergy and um, chemistry bubbling up with the receivers and the line and and everything else. And um, you know, unfortunately, it looks like another preseason for Joe Boy Burrow is in the books already, which is you know, I yeah, I, I think it's I, I, I mean, I. I think it's a bit of a problem but what do you think Sam?
0: Well, first of all, um he looked sharp as attack, didn't he? Um the the passes that I saw him uh throw in the first you know two days of practice they looked tremendous. He looked right on the money, his receivers looked great. Jamar Chase looks out of this world, I've got to say. And um Yeah, you know, people like Yosef Ash was showing up and Charlie Jones looked good. Tyler Boyd made a few catches. T Higgins as as Rolls-Royce-like as you would expect. Um, So I thought, goodness me, this is good. This looks really nice because the last couple of um, camps, the offense has been pretty slow to start um, and... It's been the defence that have been, you know, really setting, this, setting the pace, really. So it was kind of nice to see, um, the, you know, Joe come out of the blocks quite quick. So when Joe kind of rolled out to the right, got rid of the ball and then couldn't put any weight on that right leg and was limping or hobbling and then fell to the ground, it was like, oh, no, it's a non-contact injury. They're the worst. And then there were, you know, the dreaded A-word was mentioned, Achilles, Achilles. Um, you know, I didn't look like an ACL from what I was, from what I saw. But, um, yeah, man, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what's happened for like about half an hour. But then I thought, oh, it doesn't look too bad from just from the naked eye. It's like, but it's still, oh, I don't know. And then Zach coming out being quite non-committal, as you would imagine him to be. But it is a car strain. So I don't know. Why do you think it's trouble? Why Why are you perturbed? Why are you worried?
1: Well, I I mean, I don't think he'll miss the opening game of the season. So that's obviously a big plus. But you look last year and, you know, the way that that impacted him not playing that preseason. You know, I I mean, we started out 0-2. We didn't play very well. He, especially in the Steelers game, was a bit, you know, you could tell was shaking off a bit of rust. I don't doubt it's going to, you know, I'm not looking at it saying, oh, you know, I think it's going to be a big problem for the season by any stretch. But I do think it's a real shame not having that extra preparation you know there's new players coming into the team you want to kind of build up a bit of um chemistry like I said with them and get a bit of game sharpness um behind you before going in and you know that those two games at the start of last year against the Steelers playing a rookie quarterback no they didn't play a rookie quarterback did they first game against us but You know, they were really like, you know, for them to come into, you know, to Paul Brown first game of the season and do us um, in the fashion they did there. There's no way that should have happened. And then you play Cooper Rush. I think it was the second week in Dallas and you lose that as well. Now, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. We made the AFC title game. But you do look back on those games and the AFC is going to be frighteningly difficult this year. We want to do all we can to try and get a high seeded game. I just don't. You know, losing your quarterback and, you know, potentially for a month, you've got to hope that there's no, you know, slightly longer term issues with the calf. You know, there's various things going around All oh, you know, they can linger a bit It can take a while for them to fully heal. Now, there's always going to be a bit of scaremongering going on when when it's your franchise quarterback. And ultimately, if he's back in week one. You'd always say with Joe Burrow, never doubt him. He's a he's a fierce competitor. He'll work his absolute tail off to get back there. But I don't think we can just sort of, you know, the preseason has fallen out of fashion. People are, you know, not too bothered about it, you know, like they were maybe a couple of years ago. But I still do think that that is going to have an impact. And, you know, it would have been nice for him to have some of those snaps with the team to get, you know, a bit more match sharpness before we kick things off.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point, I think, about, the match sharpness, and he Burrow had come out and kind of said before this happened that he, he wanted to play some snaps in pre-season, and the whole messaging that was coming out of the team, uh, it was all about starting the season off quickly. Uh, exactly as you said, the last two seasons they've come out slow, and they've really They've really had to play every game if it, as if it was a cup final right to make the playoffs they've had to go on these crazy 10 11 game runs to just to get into the playoffs right so no no doubt that they have to start off quicker because the law of averages says if you're relying on putting a 10 game streak together that ain't gonna happen more often than not you know that's an incredible achievement two two years in a row that's just such an incredible achievement now the team's talented enough to do that no doubt but i think you know those guys in the locker room have said they want to come out quickly they don't want to be 0 and 2 again uh, you know one and three whatever it might be they want to put themselves in the best position as you said um but yeah, <laughs> well i will say this thank god it's not an acl thank god it's not an achilles because that would have been season over and from where we sit now, it's looking like pre Not much of a pre-season for Joe Burrow, but it's likely. Well, well, I'm guessing here. It's likely, isn't it? Let's face it. That he's going to be around for um, for week uh, for week one. But they did go out and sign another quarterback, uh, Reed Sinnott. No, no solid handle for Reed there.
1: <laughs> no i think it's a solid handle it's not it's not bad <laughs> but i don't think it's a solid handle uh
0: maybe it's Cinet. i don't know read Cinet. what do you reckon sin or Cinet?
1: i oh, know the americans it's definitely sin they ain't gonna be it's a bit too the, the second one say it again sinette It's a bit too a bit too european that and a little <laughs> flea little flail at the end yeah <laughs>
0: Apparently, Reed Sinnett is a second-year player out of the University of San Diego, and was originally a college free agent signee at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020. Um, he spent three—well, he's bounced around practice squads uh, in Florida, both at the Bucks and the Dolphins, and then uh, uh, was on the Eagles for ten games, and then, and then he got the big move to the San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> <laughs> in the xfl so i have no i mean i'm happy to say happy to confirm that i have no clue about his ability or what he's like um but there's a few things knocking around it's like you know, like, we've signed in the quarterback should we be worried and my take is or was and still is if we had gone out and signed teddy bridgewater for instance then i would have been worried yeah do you know what I mean? Because Teddy Bridgewater is a, is a guy with starting experience. On his day, can be a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, more often than not, recently he hasn't been. Let's let's be honest. But he's a guy that's bounced around the league. Loads of talent. You know, obviously, career destroyed by injuries. Really, um, but can still do it. So they, you know, if they went out and got someone with with solid starting um, uh, experience who would cost a good couple of million dollars um then I would have been worried because I it's like, why would you go out and sign a guy with starting experience if he wasn't going to you know perhaps start in week 1 you know so but the fact that and there's no disrespect to Reed Sinnott, but uh now the fact they've gone out and signed him says to me that they just want another camp body in there to to help alleviate now I well, know Joe's out to alleviate any uh any overwork on uh, on Simeon and uh, on, and Browning. So yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. Not worried now, at least anyway.
1: I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because we we spent a bit of time last year, last year, last week. It um, <laughs> feels like a week, uh, year, doesn't it? <laughs> um, we spent a bit of time last week talking about the backup quarterback situation with Trevor Simeon, and I said, look, I'm not, I'm not, I would say not thrilled, but I, a little bit. Concern that I don't think he's a massive upgrade on Brandon Allen if at all. And the first two games of the season, we got the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens, two big divisional games. And you talk about, you know, sort of getting off to slow starts and things like that. You really don't want to dig yourself in a hole with the division. I think everyone in this division is going to be better than they were last year. You know, there's no way that the Browns are going to be as bad as they were with the Sean Watson. Um, You know, being as shaky as he was, you have to feel like they'll improve. Obviously, the Ravens were without Lamar Jackson for a long period of last season. And the Steelers have got Kenny Pickett, you know, going into year two probably is going to be a lot better, you know, that that we don't want to dig ourselves a hole early. And that, that's the thing for me, you know, it's going to be, we, we've really struggled against the Browns. You know, I know we have got, you know, a win over them, but they really have got a good record against us at the moment. Um, and that's where you do want Joe Boy at his best. And you look at the Ravens as a good example, you know, like Tyler Huntley, who was their third string quarterback. If it wasn't for that miracle Sam Hubbard play to completely turn that playoff game on his head, they nearly had us with him playing. I think he was even sort of carrying a bit of a knock or something in that game as well and whatever else. But, you know, you look at that and you think to yourself, wow, like they were able to really do that with a backup quarterback. Now, if we went into week one against the Browns with Trevor Simeon um, playing quarterback, I just don't think anyone would have any confidence really that we could get... past the Browns. Now, that may not be true. People might say, look, I still think we could do it. We've got Jamar Chase, we've got Joe Mixon, we've got, you know, T. Higgins. The defence is still very talented, but that's for me where the worry lies is, as you were saying, it's like, Joe Boy's out for the year, he's out even for, I would say if he's out for half the year, you know, with Trevor Simeon, I think you might be in a big enough hole that by that point, I'm not sure you could get out of it. So there, that is the value of having a black-up quarterback. And I hope we don't see one snap of Trevor Simeon unless it's, you know, garbage time fourth quarter, we you know, 28 points up on someone. But it, there's definitely value to be had there.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's all interesting, isn't it? Um... And let's hope uh, Joe boy recovers soon I think he will do I think it will take about a month but to be honest um, I think I, I mean I was listening to hear that podcast growling today and Paul was saying that you know the important thing after you know because all of these journalists suddenly have to start consulting doctors for angles on, for their stories you know and from what I understand this is not a serious injury but like most things really if you try and rush back then that's when the problem start so I reckon there'll be there'll be um, Cautious, I reckon it'll be a month, and I reckon he'll be fine for week one. I, I yeah, genuinely no, I I do, I do. Another bit of news, surprising news, really. Actually, um Trey Hendrickson signed uh, a one-year extension, and um, I wasn't expecting that, Nathan. I was expecting. Okay, yeah, we've got our eyes on Joe Boy and perhaps T Higgins, perhaps even Logan Wilson. But if they were going to extend someone on that defensive line, I honestly thought it was going to be DJ Reader, not because of my absolute one hundred percent bias, but because if you look at who they've drafted, uh, there seems to be sort of ready-made replacements, you know, in in the queue there. There's cabs on the rank, put it that way. Uh, for all the all the guys except for DJ Reader, now you can say that Miles Murphy could be coming in for Trey when he when he when his contract goes, um, could be uh, you know Joseph Asai for Sam Hubbard or vice versa you know swap them around, Murphy for Hubbard or whatever it might be, um, you know there's there's not really any any straight replacement in the pipeline for DJ Reader, uh, and he's such an important player. So I was colour me surprised, Nathan, when, um, when Hendrickson signed. Now it's not because I don't like Trey Hendrickson. I think he's brilliant. He has been brilliant. He's actually, I think, low key one of the better defensive ends in this league. And like a lot of Bengals players on this defense, they don't get enough credit. Um, I think he's been sensational, and I'm actually quite pleased um, that he signed. Um, an extension, but uh, at what cost in terms of other people? Uh, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, I was certainly surprised, put it that way. Pleasantly, but surprised.
1: Yeah, and, I, you know, to, to your point then, how many players have we got at the moment that people are talking about extensions for? And you're not just talking you know, backup players or people that, you know, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's not bad. You've got some serious players that are all sort of in a queue at the moment that you want to try and keep hold of. And, I mean, you know, if you're Mike Brown and then Duke Tobin in the front office, Katie Blackburn, I mean, you've got to have a serious, serious bag of money and you're trying to see, you know, how much money in that bag you can sort of dish out between all these talents because there's going to have to be... You know, someone that's going to have to go. I mean, you look at DJ Reader; he's 29 years old. Do you want him back? Without question, you know, I think every single Bengals fan would say, "Look, we want him back." His agent want to get him a fantastic payday that he, he no doubt deserves they'll probably be looking at it and saying they want a longer term deal they'll obviously know as well that the Bengals have got a lot of deals coming up they won't want to get shafted by the fact that you know the Bengals are trying to sort of get someone in on the cheap because they're trying to sort of spread the money around DJ Reader I don't doubt would have a fantastic market you know he's a he's an absolute professional fantastic player you know one of those guys that's a bit under the radar but does all the dirty work in the trenches and like I said there would be a ton of teams that want to have him so I hope something can get done with him as well a bit surprised about the Trey Hendricks and stuff I think there's a bit of cap um, shifting around of money there which you know again if, if you want to know more about that Andre Proto will no doubt enlighten you on mm, it but yeah. yeah hopefully it's a sign of things to come you know a bit of, bit of a Tetris ball to getting a few bits into place because yeah, you know you,
0: I mean I, I did see though I did read that we a lot of people said oh it's a bit of rejigging a bit of you know portioning money into signing bo- bonuses etc I don't think it is. I think it's just a straight raise. Well, Trey. I mean, Trey's been one well, he of our deserves best players. It. You know, he's been fantastic.
1: You know, he just about the other week in the top hundred players in the NFL. I know that's all a bit of a bullshit list, but you know, he's in the top hundred in the NFL. He works his tail off every game. Trey Hendrickson. I mean, you know, I know he has statistically had slight a slightly down year last year but he's he still the amount of pressure he gets you know he's a he's a sort of guy yeah. as well. you talk about those younger lads like miles Murphy and Joseph Asai you're telling me there's not a better person in the league for them to sort of be around and learn from than Trey Hendrickson at that position well, yeah you know? him man
0: Sam Hubbard you know what I mean yeah, exactly you know I mean? so they're, they're two guys that are just exemplar uh, professionals aren't they really and they and they're also you know Trey's pretty much one of the most destructive... <laughs> I think in that clip of the NFL greatest players of the season, top 100 or whatever it's called, um, one of the guys, you know, they always get guys on, fellow players, to kind of talk about how good the player in question is. And one guy was saying, yeah, man, he's just like relentless and he's low-key crazy as well. So I like the idea (laughs) that we've got someone who's low-key crazy a, he uh,
1: does like a line. bit, but no, I always love the fact that he doesn't wear any gloves. He's just sort of like everyone else has got all these like you know fancy gloves on. He's just mm. like you know no gloves on. Got his hand out there ready to go. And I, yeah, I don't think you'd want to piss him off, Trey Hendrickson. He's the one player on that team that I think if you wound him up, you know you could be on the receiving end of a fairly big, um, big uppercut from him.
0: Well, I was watching some uh, on Twitter. I follow a few old soccer uh, accounts like soccer. From nineteen seventy four, that kind of thing, to nineteen eighty four, and there's a lot of guys there who do, you know in the freezing cold, uh, on a wet Tuesday in Stoke, um, both literally and metaphorically, um, they don't wear hardly any clothes. You know they don't like wearing extra layers. I wondered what kind of uh, what kind of guy you would be in the cold when you're playing sport. Were you a, or are you a, a kind of a fully gloved gloved up member of the the layers the layers club or are you kind of you know uh, can you hang can you hang a coat on each of your nipples and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you just wear like a short sleeve shirt with you with that lustrous hairy chest of yours exposed for all to see what, what we're you saying?
1: I think you have got to try and try and brave, especially if you're playing a yeah, thing like soccer. You know, you run around for ten minutes, and you absolutely, you know, even though it's you know one degree outside, you feel like you're you're sweating out, and you, you know, you almost want to get your top off, don't you? So I, I, think less is more in that situation. You've just got to brave it through the warm up, and you get out there, quick sprint down the line, and and uh, the engines running.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, right, I think that's all the news for this week, really, from training camp. It's been fairly, uh, I mean, back together uh, happened at the weekend. Uh, fair play to anyone that's listening who went, because of what I understand, it was it was 4,000 degrees uh, in Cincinnati over the weekend. So uh, well done for, for braving all that. I'd love to go to one of them, would you? They look like really good fun, just sitting around in the sun, watching your favourite players run around and... You know, signing autographs and having a bit of a laugh. That sounds like good fun to me, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, just fantastic to kick back and just see the players sort of, you know, going through the motions. And it must just really pump you up for the season, mustn't it? Because, yeah. you know, it's a short season, in the NFL. So, just you know, be to be there watching the players sort of. You know, as they get ready, is fantastic, you know, really nice event. And one of the rare sort of occasions, I guess, throughout the season that you have got a chance to really sort of, you know, not spend time with them, but, you know, get, get some autographs, get some get some photos and, you know, especially stuff like that for the kids. I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wish I was there. Very jealous indeed. Um, now, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Jamar Chase looks incredible. The battle that he's been having with Cam Taylor-Britt in training camp looks like a proper ding dong, and he's winning it because he's won the best in the game. And but Cam Taylor-Britt, as you would imagine, is giving as good as he gets, and uh, you know, you know, sticking his face right in there. But Chase just looks incredible. Not, not like super smooth, like like say T. But the sheer strength, and um, I don't know, he's just playing with this. It uh, just feels like there's another couple of gears to come from him, you know, um, and he's just sort of strolling through camp using his this incredibly, um, amazingly strong core and lower body strength, and um, he's just like, oh god. I,
1: it's got to be. It's got to be good for Cam Taylor as well to be able to go up against someone like that in training every single day, isn't it? Because when you're going up against someone like him and also T Higgins, that's got to when you come up against some some slightly lesser guys, you know, maybe give you that bit of an edge. So I think that's the other benefit is for a player like you know Cam Taylor Britt who took a big step forward last year, and you need him to. Take a, they get another big step forward um, this year a lot of players have gone from that secondary, and he really needs to step up and play good football. So I'm sure that's some, you know, excellent reps for him to be getting going up against guys like Jamar Chase, you know.
0: And 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 conversely, you know, people like Charlie Jones and Andre Yosovac are going up against people like, you know, Cam as well and uh, and Sidney Jones, uh, but not Eli Apple because he's gone and signed with the Dolphins. So. Good for Eli Apple. Plenty of people uh, writing him off uh, already. Um, I hope he does. a re- I hope he does really well. Apart from when we play him, obviously. Um, Tyreek Hill was, and Eli was, Apple getting together and playing on the same team will be literally hilarious. I think um,
1: but he was a knobhead when Eli Apple.
0: He was, but he actually, yeah. I didn't like his. I personally, I didn't like his chatting. Plenty of people yeah. did. Um, thought it was funny and he did say the odd funny thing to be fair but it was just constant wasn't it constant kind of it's like yeah all right, just chill it out chill chill your Rockets lad
1: I I mean I think he for the most part first of all he was a good signing you know we didn't pay a lot for him at all and he came in and he made some big plays he he was on the field he was healthy most of the time he obviously had that incredible play um, against the Chiefs stopping his now teammate Tyreek Hill as we've said before and is good value. I just, I just, I think that not to be like, you know, I just didn't think it was his place really to be going out there, sort of winding people up. Yeah, and, I know
0: what you mean. Yeah, I think there's
1: some sort of weird on sort of back comp- that, you know, yeah. hasn't perhaps had the career that people would have thought as a first round pick and, you know what, people have, I think because of that, you know, his mum's a very outspoken character on Twitter, isn't she? And he's been sort of, you know, because he is quite an outspoken guy, I think he's been in the, in the frame and in the in the sort of spotlight more than a lot of other players around the league. So, you know, it's sort of a bit of a vicious circle in terms of him drawing attention to himself and then sort of biting on it. But I just... I don't think that. I think that's maybe why the Bengals are letting go. They'd never turn around and say that. You know, Zach Taylor wouldn't say, "Look, actually, Eli Apple's doing me in a bit." And I don't think it's you know part of the culture we want to build. People, you know, doing all this silly stuff on social media. You know, we've had that in the past with certain players. And you know, I really think at the moment the team is a group of really good. Hard-working professionals, you know, you want people. I think I think some of what Eli Apple did was quite good fun. You don't just want everyone to be, you know, boring, hard-working. Like we've had some of the best characters in the NFL on this team with people like Chad and TJ, and you know, people like that. So you do want some characters on there. But I think you know, with, with that kind of stuff, Eli Apple, it, I, I just think it, at times it makes you sort of, um, you know, it makes you it puts a bit of a target on your back, doesn't it, with other yeah, teams yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, I he like I said good signing for us I hope like you he does well in Miami I don't have any you know bad sort of bad blood for him but I just thought at times it was a bit silly all of it
0: yeah, yeah. no I agree and uh the fact that we did get two good years out of Eli Apple is something I thought I'd never say because I was never a fan of him yeah. as a player yeah. I didn't know the guy what he was like actually as a geezer but as a player I didn't like him um but yeah, so fair play to Lou and everyone on that defensive side of the ball and the, and the secondary coaches for just getting the best out of him. I thought, you know, at times he was really good. He was always liable to to bugger things up, but uh, for the most part, I thought he was he was a bit of a revelation actually. And uh, uh, so fair play to him. Right, let's uh, let's bring in our uh, special guest. And now, as promised, uh, he's been on this podcast a few times before, actually, and we're delighted to say that before the craziness starts later on this week, um, uh, all the amazing things that he, him and his family will experience, he's carved out a little bit of time for us, and that is, of course, Ken Riley II. Ken, it's nice to see you again. How are you doing?
2: Hey, Bob, I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Well, now, as I mentioned, uh, it's going to get a little bit crazy um, uh, very soon for you and your family. Are you prepared for this? Are you ready?
2: I've been waiting for it for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited and uh, ready to uh, celebrate uh, such a, you know, tremendous occasion. Um, So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Just wish that it was under different circumstances but we're going to do our best to uh celebrate and honor him as though if he was uh there with us and i know he'll be there with us in spirit
0: yeah that's a really good point and something that i'm very aware of i think you know as you know that i've you know i've been well behind your your uh your campaign to get your dad into the hall and it's it's I think once you, once you get invested in something, it's it's so amazing to see it come to fruition. And I'm so pleased for you and your family. But there is that lingering bittersweet feeling, isn't there? That, you know, your dad isn't around. You're fully aware of this, so I don't need to tell you this. But it's like, oh, man. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know the score. You know what it is. But let's focus on the celebratory nature of this because it is a celebration of your dad and we will be raising a glass here um, over across the pond in his honour when we see you up on that stage and hear you speak those amazing words. Um, what's it been like since the announcement was made? I, I, you know, I, it was what? What was it? Was it the NFL Honors evening? I saw you kind of go out there with Anthony yes. Munoz you. and then and the room full of legends, and you were there. Not that you're not a legend, but you know what I mean. That must have been a big right. old kind of crazy thing. How? How? Just describe uh, what what that evening was like for you.
2: Uh, it's still surreal, and uh, like you said, just to be around so many legends, so many people that I looked up growing up, and some, you know seeing others that are still playing today, uh it's just uh amazing accomplishment and just makes me think about uh, what my dad accomplished because there's only a handful of people making it into that, that final team and for him to be one of those is just really uh remarkable and my, you know, hat goes off to him and uh that the career that he had and just an honor and humble uh to you know to have him as my father and just to like i said to finally get that that call is just amazing
0: was there you don't you know i I consider as friends now ken so you don't you know it's just me and you talking here obviously um uh the hundreds of listeners will and thousands of listeners listening to this won't uh won't mind if we have just have a little private moment here but be honest with me was there a a little bit of you that wanted to get up on that stage and shout, about damn time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it, that, I mean, that's always been um, my, my sentiments, but I think a lot of people say it before, like, you know, once you finally get that call, all of the anxiety, all of the anger kind of washes away because you're in now. And once you're in, uh, they can't take that away from you. The only thing that makes it a lot tougher in our situation is that he's not here. So that's what really, really drives it home, and you just feel for like that he's not here, and you just pray and hope that others get the opportunity to experience it before while they're still on this earth. And I think that uh, you know they they extended the senior class to allow three over the next two years. But there's so many well-deserving guys that, um, you know, still in like my father's situation. And I just hate to see that those guys don't get to see it while they, they're here. So that's the, um, you know, the unfortunate part about it. But, you know, hopefully they can continue to make changes. And like I say, it was a start in the right direction by increasing that one senior candidate to, uh, you know, three this year
0: over the next two years yeah here here absolutely well said 100 percent agree with you now going back to the night again at the nfl awards uh so the nfl honors evening and did did you have much interaction with some of the ex-players knocking around or maybe some of the current players who kind of maybe came up to you and said look man your dad was amazing you know i played against him or i'd heard about him or did you get any of those kind of comments at all
2: well the honors itself, we were backstage the entire night, so we didn't get to really interact with uh anybody uh too much. But just the the class, you know, uh, Rondé Barber, uh, you know, who's his who's his co, you know, in he definitely mentioned that, you know, he didn't know a lot about my father until until now. And he was he definitely said he felt that he, he should have been in there. Uh, bumped into Chris Carter. Uh, he's from Ohio, so he said he was very familiar with my father and, and mentioned that. So just to hear that from peers and uh, former greats to to say that, and Mel Blunt, James Lawton, always have been uh, huge supporters and have been uh, very helpful. And every time I reached out to those two, they've been right there. So I have a lot of respect and I appreciate all the support that, you know, during this process that they've given, uh, you know, given us.
0: Well let's fast forward then. Next week is the week. Um so uh what have you I don't expect you to to give us any hints what you're gonna say in the speech, but I'm sure it's gonna be very emotional, very heartfelt, very amazing to listen to. Can't wait to as I say, if I could get over there myself and I know a bunch of other fans from here, if we could have got over there ourselves, we would have done. But as I say, we we will be raising a glass. So, yeah, but what can you tell us about next week? What, what are you expecting? When, you, when do you roll into, into, into Canton? What's, what's the schedule looking like?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave. I get there next Tuesday. Uh, well, Tuesday coming. And uh, like you said, it's just a, a week full of different events. Uh, Friday night is the Gold Jacket ceremony. Uh, Thursday night is the, the, the Hall of Fame preseason game. Of course, Saturday is the ceremony. So um, there's some things, some lunches uh, during the course of the week as well. But uh, going to be busy, definitely going to be emotional. Uh, a lot of friends and family coming. And, uh, yeah, just excited and looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's, it's one of this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And like I said, I want to thank you guys, all the fans, and the Huda Nation for the support. And even though you can't be there, I know you'll be watching it. And we definitely feel the love and uh, support. So we really appreciate it.
0: Do you think you will cry during the speech? And will you take a little box of tissues on, on stage just in case?
2: <laughs> I, I, I probably do need to. Uh, just, I know uh, definitely going to be emotional. Like I said, it's been a long, long time coming. My plan is not to. But, you know... If I do, I I wouldn't be surprised if I did, but the plan is not to. I definitely want to be there. Uh, Like I said, it's a celebration. So, uh, yes, it's going to be emotional, but I definitely uh, just want to to be able to communicate and express, like, you know, what what his career was about. And so... the plan is not to, but I wouldn't bet on it not happening. So um, I yeah,
0: don't think be- anybody do <laughs> would blame you if you did, wouldn't think anything less of you if you did, man. Um what are you gonna do after this? Because as I say, you've been you've been remarkable in your tenacity and your determination and your relentlessness in your campaigning. Um, you know, first, you know, your dad was inducted into the Bengal's Ring of Honor, which was great, which was the I think probably knocked a few doors down actually, right? And then we get the Hall of Fame. So, what are you going to do? Like, say the Monday after all this, and you get back home and you sit down. What's what's is it going to be a huge come down for you? Is it going to be like, oh my god, my purpose is gone? You know what I mean? How are you going to feel?
2: No, I've been thinking about that because, like you said, for so many years, this has been such a major part of my life. And and I actually thought about it a couple of weeks ago when they made the announcement for the semifinalists. You know, Ken Anderson's again on that list. And I just – the moment that I heard that, it just immediately flashed back to all of these years where I've been going – we've been going through this process and making it to the semifinals. And, you know, the last couple of years he was getting – you know, closer to the finals. So, um, at this point, I don't, like I said, this is the finale, but I definitely will continue to champion, you know, all, you know, the Bengals that are currently up, the Ken Andersons, the Willie Andersons, you know, there's still Isaac, you know, Isaac Curtis out there, Lamar Parrish. So, if I can do anything, I, I know my voice is not not huge. I don't carry the weight of my father, but, you know, if anything I can do to, to help champion that um definitely going to do that and uh so uh yeah it's it's definitely see the finale of it but again i'm still going to be rooting for all of the uh you know former great Bengals that are trying to get in as well
0: and you've got your son's career to to look out for as well i understand he's uh showing promises an athlete so uh you've got your family to 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 get involved in not that you haven't but you know what i mean it's kind of like you've got that to 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 kind of enjoy uh listen ken um from us all here in the uk i we're so proud of you and so proud of your dad it makes us really proud to be bengals fans that you know your dad is finally getting the recognition that he deserves and dare I say, and I'm going to say it, it sounds corny, but I genuinely think he'd be really proud of you for the way you conducted yourself with us, the fans, with with the campaigning and the determination. So if I had a hat, if I was wearing a hat, I would I would tip it to you. And uh, listen, I hope it goes great. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you are able to enjoy it because of its emotional kind of nature. But yeah, we'll be watching. We'll be raising a glass. So have a have an, an amazing time, man.
2: But again, like I said, I really, without you guys, the fans, like I said, you're across the pond, and I know it's late your time, and I really, really, we really appreciate, you know, the fan support and everything that y'all done as well, so I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, and uh, even though you're not there, I know y'all there in spirit, so, you know, I appreciate that.
0: Well, Ken, well, we'll catch up down the line. Maybe we can just talk some football for a change next time you come on, right? We can talk about some games that, that are coming on. But, uh, yeah, great to see you, Ken. All the best, mate, and uh, have a great time.
2: All right, appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Cincinnati. There you go. How lovely it is to have Ken Riley the second on uh, Cincinnati again. And thank you, to, to ken for carving out a little bit of time for us just before he sets uh sets sail for canton with with speech in hand and i tell you that if uh if he starts to cry i think i might start crying uh, i have to say it's going to be an emotional ceremony and uh you can just tell how much it means to him um that his dad is in and i'm, I'm personally extremely stoked that he is and uh fantastic yeah Yeah, it's just great isn't it i mean and couldn't have happened to a nicer guy and a nicer family but it's that weird bittersweet feeling always lingering it's kind of like this should have happened 10 years ago um you know he was absolutely uh qualified if you want to use that word to to get inducted into the Hall of Fame and it and the fact that it's happening now that he's not around is a travesty and it makes me feel really angry and you could tell it's it's you know it rankles with Ken as well but um but hey the fact is that he's going to be in there and it's a chance for us as a fan base to celebrate him and his legacy and uh, and I say raise a, a glass to to the Riley family and good luck to Ken with the speech as well I'm looking forward to Uh, hearing that, and it's this weekend, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be emotional, I think. Um, um, But, yeah, another Bengals player in the Hall of Fame, um, uh, which is great, great news. And um, Ken uh, Anderson, another Ken, uh, who also is more than qualified to be in that Hall of Fame, uh, should have been in at least 15 years ago, Ken Anderson, of course, uh, uh, another old friend of the podcast, he's made it to the semi-final list for the for the seniors category. So come on, taller Frame, fucking hell, man. Sort it the fuck out, you know. It's ridiculous. It really, really is. Um, get get all the Kens in there, that's what I say.
1: Put that on a bulletin board, son, eh? Send it, mail it in the post to them. Absolutely.
0: Right, we do have some correspondences. Again, you're all limbering up, ready for the new season. We've got some interesting questions. I think that's the best way to describe them. So should we get cracking, Nathan? You ready for this? Yep. All right, James at Jimmy HD. First time caller, I think. Uh, Welcome, James. Which will we be crowning at the end of the season? Zach Ball, Lou Ball, Darren Ball (laughs) or Burrow Ball? Now, again, American listeners, this refers to something from the cricket, so I apologise. Um, but it basically, James is asking, who are we going to be celebrating at the end of the season more? Um, what do you think? Zach, Ball, Lou Ball, Darren Ball or Borough Ball, Nathan?
1: I'm going to go with Lou Ball because I think of all, the play- of all the people mentioned there, Zach's a very good coach. I wouldn't necessarily say at this point in his career, he's done sort of like a Sam Weich did or anything like anything insanely new, any new concepts, any new way of playing. He's just been a good coach, strong leader, lovely guy. Joe Boy, great player. I don't I think you've got it's gotta be a coach's ball though, isn't it? You know, Joe Boyer doesn't isn't necessarily doing anything that pioneering apart from just playing really, really well. You know, he's not doing it. Whereas I do think with Lou, he's He's got a few schemes up there and he's doing some sort of different things. You know, you saw some really good adaptations last year to different quarterbacks that came into town. People were sort of getting a bit excited with what he was cooking up. You know, he's he's really done a good mm-hmm. job on the play chiefs of trying to restrict Patrick Mahomes. So I think if there's going to be any any sort of um, ball being played out there and any sort of innovative conjuring up different new things, I think it's going to be a bit of Lubol. And I quite like the same Lubol. It kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I agree with you about Zach. Um, Fantastic coach, fantastic man-manager, I think, but hasn't done anything, like you say, he hasn't kind of reinvented the wheel, whereas someone like a Sam Weich, Bill Walsh or um, or Dick LeBeau in the past have, or even Mike Zimmer as well, uh, with his double-A blitz when he was here. Um, But then again, Lou hasn't had a sort of defining scheme yet, you know, that isn't copied all over the the place. Well it should have should be. Because you say the way he stopped Pat Mahomes, more or less, um, has been pretty revelatory. So yeah, I'll go with Lou Paul as well, I think. Um I think Darren Darren's just I think Darren just wants his unit to improve after last year. Um so that'll be interesting. We must send our best wishes to Drew Christmas. Well I had no idea how serious uh his condition was i still don't know what's happened to him but apparently had a medical emergency at the facility is now resting up in hospital so we send uh best wishes to drew because uh, we know he loves to listen to this podcast um not really um so yeah um yeah Ball for me i think
1: um, just as you were saying about um you were saying about the old special teams unit, the one thing that I found really interesting, you talk about Darren Ball being a bit um bit of a difficult one to, to coin, but they were saying that Brad Robbins apparently he, they reckon he's running like a four point six forty-yard dash or that he's got some real speed to him. Wow. And there was an ever so slight insinuation that look, you know, there could be an option Punt here returner. to run like, sorry? Punt returner. No. <laughs> but for him to, you know, potentially run a few fakes or a few trick plays. Right, you know, like okay. Sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. With, You know, in the past, not known for their trick plays on special teams whatsoever. Certainly, you know, Marvin never really played anything like that. And even Zach, it's not necessarily been, you know, one of the things he's gone to on special team. But could be an interesting one. If you've got a geezer that can do four, six, you know, that's pretty, mm. pretty exciting. So, Watch out for that. It could be something to watch potentially in the preseason, just okay. to see sort of you know what they've got there, maybe try them out, see what it actually looks like in a real game. But stick him yeah, in a slot, close.
0: bloody hell. Uh Paul at Picar Burns, are you watching the Netflix quarterbacks documentary? And would it have been better if they'd have filmed and followed Joe Burrow for it? The answer for me is no. I'm still in full cricket mode, although things are shifting. Now, now the Ashes is over and now uh, training camp has started. So, um, yeah, it doesn't hold that much. I'm not that fussed about seeing Kirk Cousins and Pat Mahomes. I'm sure it's relatively interesting, but I don't know. I'm just not really into it. But, of course, with Joe, if Joe Boy was in it, then I'd probably watch it, I think.
1: They're uh, yeah, saying that Joe Boy the next season, aren't they? I I, I, no, swear I, I think. No,
0: I think, yeah, there was a report out there, but I think it's a load of old... Um, oh, is it? Tittle tattle, um, uh, but no, I've not been watching You've been watching it, Daisy? You've been,
1: no, I haven't. I, I think it's on the list. You've just been living that...
0: life, you've just been enjoying the summer, haven't you, basically?
1: Yeah, it's on the list, though, I think. But uh, did you see talking of Joe Boy and just you know the whole TV cameras? on Did you see that thing he did with Barstool Sports promoting that energy drink? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I,
0: I texted my, uh, first of all, he loves a onesie, doesn't he? And, uh, um, yeah, he yeah. And that was a fairly hideous onesie that he was wearing.
1: Um, it, it looked hideous if you or I wore
0: it. But I—what <laughs> are you it... saying? I could pull that off. I'd look basically like a massive teddy bear if I wore that kind of stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I thought she looked quite cool and it, it sort of underpins his vibe a bit, but it's cool seeing him in those things and just how he is. He's quite a sort of laid back, funny guy without really yeah, doing right, much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just he's very humorous, but he doesn't, he doesn't need to try very hard. You know, he's not going necessarily going to be the life of the party, but he's, you know, he sort of dives in with some good stuff. I thought it was really enjoyable. And I think he would be a really good, you've been um, looking
0: for some, uh, body armor. Cause my, my, uh, my 12 year old nephew absolutely goes nuts for, uh, that drink prime. Other energy drinks are available, oh. of course. Um, but that prime shite that, uh, people go nuts for all the kids love. And, um, uh, and I texted him, I said, look, you're going to get some body armour now, and he was like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, watch the, watch, the, watch the video, look, it's your your boy Joe Burrow that I've been trying to teach you all about, and he's not interested. What's so, um,
1: I mean, oh,
0: funny it, for body so Sorry, say again. I
1: um, said, you know what's funny for body armour is they've obviously spent God knows how much, yeah. you know, doing that. Thing with Joe Burrow getting that you know thing together and filmed. Joe Burrow was on, I think it was NFL Network the other day, with you know, it was hilarious. He sat there on NFL Network and he's got a bottle of body armor, very deliberately placed, but it was like literally like half the screen was the bottle of body armor. And then Joe <laughs> yeah, Burrow sort of, of like, yeah. behind it, it was like the most obvious thing that I've ever seen. But if you're body armor, you've put all this money into saying, Oh, you know, Joe Burrow is supposedly drinking body armor, he's telling you, you know, saying, Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, it's got all these vitamins and you know, keeps me strong and upright. And then he goes down on his calf for about two days. I oh, know it's not
0: great out. advertising, isn't it? It's 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 <laughs> trades It's not a great trade standards, uh, situation, <laughs> is it? Uh, from body armor, so sort yourself out, body armor. Um, i getting back on trade. Exactly. Right, Neil Gillett at Neil three five two. Hello, Neil. Um, given the impressive start to camp by the rookie cornerbacks, how many cornerbacks do we keep in the fifty three? And who is most in danger of missing out? Forgot to add soup of choice, Chinese hot and sour or cream of mushroom. OK, let's unpack this, Neil. There's a lot to uh, process there. And I think that's a really tricky question because um, Lou, what would Lu do in this situation? I think, I don't know. <laughs> he loves he loves a few cornerbacks in the old Lou? Um but you've got you've got potentially DJ Ivy um, has has been flashing in training camp. Um, DJ Turner looks the absolute business. Actually, he looks yeah. really good. So uh, Alan Alan George, our old pal Alan George, friend of the podcast, he looks decent and he's got a year a years experience now, and he flashed last year a little bit too. Um, And, of course, you've got the experience of Sidney Jones. Cheeto should be back. Cam Taylor-Britt, Jalen Davis, Mike Hilton, there's eight. Maybe they'll carry eight. Because it's normally around seven, isn't it?
1: I don't I'll go away I think one of those guys I think maybe it'll be between Jalen um, Davis Allen George I mean DJ Ivy and seven-round pick I mean I, I, you'd like them not to give up that early on any draft pick just sort of selfishly and stubbornly I guess but um, you know I think those three are going to be the ones battling it out aren't they Sidney Jones got a bit more experience you know you can guarantee that obviously Cheeto, Cam Taylor Britt Mike Hilton and DJ Turner on the team that's a lock isn't it but um, yeah yeah, another good one to watch really. That's a good pre-season battle. To yeah, sort of see and it feels thing.
0: like there's some depth and if the rookies work out, and of course we are talking here, we we don't want to fall into this trap where we see a few plays oh, from DJ Turner and DJ Ivy and kind of go, oh my God, they're going to be the second coming. They're going to be like, you know, pro bowl quality corners. They're going to have their ups and downs. So we have small sample sizes uh, to go on, but certainly they flash and... From what I understand, DJ Ivy, uh, sorry, DJ Turner, uh, especially is, had a, is looking really good. So long may that continue.
1: Okay, it's cream
0: of mushroom for me, I think.
1: No, I'm gonna go to a Chinese. Um, the Chinese sour. I, I, I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. I can <laughs> eat them, but I just they not. It's just not doing it for me, to be honest with you, Some you, you know, Are
0: you not like a mushroom omelet sort of geezer.
1: Uh, I, I can I can eat mushrooms. A veg, I will eat a mushrooms.
0: vegetarian chili. Okay, vegetarian fry it with fried mushrooms. Knocking about. Oh, no. no. Um, what? Mushroom. What else is mushrooms good I, in? I chili. Can, I can...
1: I can put up with mushrooms if they're on like if they're sort of really like mushed in somewhere. Even on a pizza, if I have to, is it wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing ever. But I'm just not. They're they're a three and a half out of ten for me. Like not right. into the outrageously like can't stand and fade, but just in the sort of like, ugh, you know, not a huge one.
0: Okay, Leon so, Cook. So you're not into pickled eggs. You're not into mushrooms. There is something wrong with you.
1: Zero it? five out of ten. Let alone. <laughs>
0: Leon Cook at Cook Ra,
1: solid handle. Um,
0: Who do you feel is going to have a breakout year? I was all in on Miles Murphy. However, with Trey's new deal, I'm not sure how much time he'll get. Uh, Can Taylor Britt is look? Cam Taylor Britt is looking like an incredible signing. He is indeed. What I like about Cam Taylor Britt, I think, more than his play that came on really amazingly last year, didn't it? until, you know, when he got to the playoffs, he had a, a superb, superb playoffs uh, stretch. Those those couple of games were fantastic, I thought. Um, but I think it's his personality. I think he's got real leadership qualities. He's got a, an effervescence. He's, you know, he's one of those heart and soul guys, I think, of the locker room. And um, I know that he was. his nickname is Juice and... Uh, look it's another old friend of the podcast as well but we knew that when we interviewed him his personality really shone and he's great with the fans um yeah what a great signing I have no idea yet in terms of who's going to have a breakout year these are the questions where, that we will answer a bit farther down the line but yeah I, I, I tell you I'll give you I'll give you a name now Leon it's going to be Joseph Ossai. I think.
1: Yeah, that's, that would have been mine. That would have been mine. He, he's obviously didn't play, did he, in his rookie year with, with that injury. He's got serious upside. This is his real sort of second year, quote, quote, obviously missing that first one. So, he'll be one. It's a good point, though, regarding Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. You know, how much time is he going to get in that rotation? But you'd like to think the Bengals want to sort of thrust him in there and, you know, really give him a chance. So, yeah, I think he really is someone that you're sort of rubbing your hands together for to really take that step up and give us that bit of extra, um, bit of extra edge on the the edge. Do you like that? I
0: like it, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, Kitch at safc underscore Bengals. Started... A lot of new
1: first-time callers in the off-season. We picked up some new fans.
0: Indeed, indeed, Um Started my well, check this out. Started my NFL supporters journey with the Bengals this season. Any other fans in the Leeds area? Um, I'll I'll retweet your tweet, um, Kitch, and hopefully, um, yeah, well, we've got plenty of fans up in Sheffield and Manchester. There's bound to be a few knocking about in Leeds, so uh, yeah, we'll retweet that for you, Kitch, and hopefully we'll hook you up with someone and look out for some meetups, um, you know, in in the season up north. Hopefully uh, you'll you'll enjoy being part of the community. Welcome! It's great to have another person along. Michael Smith at conniving underscore crow. Solid handle. Reader or Cheeto, who you're signing long term and why? Oh, I oh, He's picked my possibly my two favourite players and I both want them to stay but as I'm going to say this they've drafted depth at corner. I think Cheeto goes I think there is no one to replace Reader, what he does, even though, so I'm going to go Reader, even though if you were just to judge them on positions and premiumness of positions, then you're going to take cornerback over nose tackle every day, right? But I think what Reader does is quite unique for a nose tackle because he really does disrupt, but not necessarily gets to the quarterback, but he does disrupt that pocket and he takes on double teams. As I say, I I you know he is a really very objectively speaking now, he's a really, really good player. Cheeto's been phenomenal and um I would like him to stay, but again, you can only sign so many people and they have drafted um not I wouldn't say a ready made replacement, but they have drafted uh to eventually replace him. So yeah, I'll go I'll go read it even though his position is not a premium position.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. And you, you look at age as well, just coming into that. They're both twenty eight, twenty nine. Um obviously Cheeto coming back off an injury as well. You you're probably at cornerback gonna see more of a drop off um, once you start getting past 30 onto that deal, that cornerback, then you are at nose tackle um, in terms of still being able to perform at high levels. So I think obviously as well, you've got um, DJ Turner and Cam Taylor Britt, who you are really looking at to be your number one and two cornerbacks moving forward. And I think unfortunately for Cheeto, as good as he was, I mean, I tell you why it was a shame for Cheeto because if he'd stayed healthy last year, number one, that could have been the difference in a game against the chiefs, having a player of his quality out there. Number two, I think he would have gone to the Pro Bowl and that would have been fantastic for him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, was
0: so- he was playing sort of top five level last year, wasn't he, before yeah. he went down? Exactly. Yeah. And finally tonight, Jamie, who last week asked us uh, whether we eat uh, when we're doing shit. Um, this is what he's asking this this week. In honour of Joe uh, Jamie, of course, is at Trequant Beaster. In honour of Joe Burrow's calf strain, what is the last muscle you pulled and how did you do it? I got a tight calf through missing the pedal on my bike as I was trying to cycle, forcing me to overstretch. Um, Oh, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't really pull muscles, really.
1: Do you know, it's, it's funny time in this because I... You've literally done my- something, have you? Well, I pulled my hamstring Ooh. when I was playing flag football. Um, when uh, this was in on Christmas Eve, you might remember. Ah, uh, told-
0: yeah, yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, you were out in L.A., weren't you? It
1: was the first time I'd ever properly pulled my hamstring, and for about a week, you know, getting in and out of cars, walking the first yeah, ten steps. Yeah, yeah absolutely miserable and then after that it kind of dissipated It's fine and i've I've just been playing a bit of tennis and squash in the last week and all of a sudden i was like oh i can just feel it because this is the thing about like you know i'm getting into my mid-30s now so it's a bit um you know, these things start to linger around a bit, don't they? But this is kind of what they're saying with people like Joe Boy and people that have got these, like, muscle injuries, is you might sort of think you're over a but There are, you know, the chance of reoccurrence, yeah. especially when, I mean, Joe Boy is going to be working at, you know, a hundred times different level from me. He's going to have all the nutrition. He's going to have all the... the yeah, foodios. he's going to be like
0: cryogenic chambers. He's going to have... Yeah you know, like water therapy. He's going to have like the latest, uh, you know, round-the-clock treatment, whereas we just have to kind of, you know, grin and bear it, really, us mere mortals. But, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So uh, listen to you moan about being mid-thirties. Goodness me, you've got something to learn, young man. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay, we'll leave it there. Sorry, no entertaining stories about muscle pulls there. Um, I have no... Ah, uh, uh, no, there's nothing really. There's nothing um, weird that's happened to to me recently, thank goodness. Um, so we'll end it there on that slightly disappointing note, which is, uh, I think you could probably extrapolate that out and, uh, uh, and uh, describe the podcast in that way. Just slightly disappointing endings there. Um, right, uh, we'll be back next week with another f- special guest. Uh, listen, guys, I really urge you to tune in to uh, the Hall of Fame game and certainly the the ceremony, or watch it, the highlights afterwards, and uh, see Ken Riley the second help to induct his dad Ken Riley uh, into the hall of fame, into the hall of fame. Fantastic stuff! Can't wait to see it. That gold jacket is uh, is going to look good on uh, on Ken Jr. I would imagine. Um, just a shame that Ken Sr. is not around. But do enjoy it. Be proud. Check out Ken's highlights on on YouTube. And uh, we'll have to start shouting loudly about Ken Anderson and Willie Anderson and uh, Lamar Parrish and all these guys that also deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Right, uh, I'll stop talking now. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It is a Who Day from me.
1: And a Who Day from me. Cheers, guys.